When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly, a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues, as the Spirit enabled them. Now there were staying in Jerusalem God-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven. When they heard this sound, a crowd came together in bewilderment, because each one heard their own language being spoken. Utterly amazed, they asked, Aren't all these who are speaking Galileans? Then how is it that each of us hears them in our native language? Parthians, Medes, and Elamites, residents of Mesopotamia, Judea, and Cappadocia, Pontus, and Asia, Phrygia and Pamphylia, Egypt, and parts of Libya near Cyrene, visitors from Rome, both Jews and converts to Judaism. Cretans and Arabs, we hear them declaring the wonders of God in our own tongues. Amazed and perplexed, they asked one another, What does this mean? Some, however, made fun of them and, they, and, they, and said, They have had too much wine. Then Peter stood up with the eleven, raised his voice, and addressed the crowd. Follow Jews and all of you who live in Jerusalem. Let me explain this to you. Listen carefully to what I say. These people are not drunk, as you suppose. It's only nine in the morning. I look forward to this service every year. Every year there's a lot of prep, a lot of things that go in behind the scenes that we know about, that we don't know about. But I love hearing the wonders of God in the lives of young people. There's something about it, and it is a gift. And I want to thank you for giving us that gift of your story. It takes a lot of courage to stand up here and to do this. So thank you for blessing us with your gift. Thank you. Thank you. Oh. Thank you. Have you ever been told that someone bought a gift for you? Maybe it was a birthday, or maybe it was a special celebration, or graduation, or something, where they said, I have something for you, and I can't wait to give it to you. There's something about the excitement of giving somebody a gift when you love them, or you know that they're going to be so excited about it. Today, in the scripture reading, we get to see when Jesus gives a special gift of the Holy Spirit to his disciples. I can't imagine the excitement that Jesus must have had with this. Our scripture reading today came from the book of Acts, and Acts was written by Luke, and it's all about the beginning of the church. It was about when Jesus died and went up to heaven, and what happened to the people who were here, and what God did to build his church. Today, in the life, and the, the um, calendar life of the church, today is Pentecost Sunday. And it's the, it's the day that is what we celebrate of when the Torah, the law, was given to the people 50 days after Passover. Okay? You guys all know this stuff. You've been through the confirmation curriculum. But Passover, 50 days later, the Torah was given to the people. But on this particular Pentecost day, it was different. This one was not the same. This festival was one of three where the people from all over the region would come and descend on Jerusalem from all over the place. Different cultures, different communities. They gathered to celebrate God's goodness and God's promises. Today, we're going to look at what happened on this Pentecost. And we're going to look at what happened when God gave the gift of His Holy Spirit. We're going to look at it in three ways. 
We're going to look at the promise, the possession, and the purpose of the Holy Spirit. Early in the Gospels, when we first beginning to read about them, John the Baptist was telling the people that the promised Messiah was coming. The promised Messiah was coming, and he was going to baptize people in a different way than John was doing baptisms. Luke records it this way for us in Luke 3:16. He says, "John answered them all, saying, "I baptize you with water, but the one who is more powerful than I will come." the straps of whose sandals I am not worthy to untie. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. See, John was telling the people, he said, look, you are going to be immersed. You are going to be changed. You are going to be purified when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and when God baptizes you with the Holy Spirit. And as we fast forward a little bit towards the end of Jesus' ministry here on earth, he promised his disciples the same thing. The coming of the Holy Spirit, the counselor, would be given to them as a gift. If you had your scriptures open to Acts 2, if you flip back one page to Acts 1.8, this is the mission statement, if I could say it, of the book of Acts. This is where all of the book of Acts hangs is on this one verse. And these are the last words Jesus spoke to humanity. It's pretty cool. So let's check that out. Acts 1.8. Are we there? Oh, we're already there. Jesus says this, But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in Judea, and in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. You will receive power. Oftentimes in the church, we light candles as a reminder of the presence of God and of, uh, of the Holy Spirit being present in this place. And uh, if you know anything about me, when I get to preach, sometimes I like to do things a little bit outside the box. And so, um, as I think about the Holy Spirit's power, the candle doesn't necessarily do it for me. <laughs> Anybody know what those are? Yeah. Right? You, Right, you turn that sucker on, it's a blowtorch. I wanted, to, I, I wanted to have the propane here, but I didn't want to meet the fire department this morning. And so, if you get an idea of the propane torch, there's a sense of the power that the Holy Spirit brings when it comes upon these people. All right? So I'm going to leave this up here as a visible reminder to you of the power. If you've never seen one, maybe we could play with it later. Or, I, mean, I mean, we can have a class later, a very safe one. <laughs> I'm sorry. Okay. The possession. Jesus said the words to his disciples, and then he ascended into heaven right after he said that. And ten days later, the people had been gathering. The book of Acts tells us in the, in the first chapter that there was about 120 gathering in this one place. I could just imagine the conversations they were having. Some a little uneasy, some still remembering Jesus going up into heaven, being hidden by clouds. Some were probably taking a nap, maybe some were cooking. Some were just going around their daily business together, 120 of them. And then it happened. And then the gift of the Holy Spirit broke in. The, the scriptures tell us that the sound of wind filled the room. The sound of wind. Have you ever heard anybody describe what it's like living through a tornado? Right? They use words like, it was like a freight train that passed through my living room. Right? 
Picture that. Imagine that sound coming in a building. And here's the Holy Spirit. And then the believers saw something that they had never seen before. And something happened. It said that there were tongues of fire that that rested upon them. Or there were tongues that flickered like fire. Something that seemed like fire. The key to remembering this event, the key to this event is that the wind and the fire are the means to this event. They're not the message. Right? It's easy to tell and be like, remember those crazy fiery tongues? What did that have to look like? You know? And it's fun to think about that, but we might miss what God was up to here. We might miss what God was up to. But this gift was a personal gift. It was a personal gift to each person in that room. It wasn't just for some of the disciples, but it rested on each of them. They were empowered by the Holy Spirit for his miracle. They received this gift. So I, um, I received this gift from a member in our congregation. And I love it when I get gifts of art or I get gifts especially of scriptures, of something that someone has, has said, man, this made me think of you, or this is some scripture that meant something to me. And so this piece of art here was given to me by a member of our church, and it's from uh, John fourteen twenty six. I think I have that up there, right? It says this, But the Advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and remind you of everything I have said. I keep this in my office, and often I'll, I'll glance at it just when I need it. Oh, thank you, God, for your promises. Oh, God, thank you for your goodness. Thank you for reminding me of your word. Thank you for your community. Today, I want to give you that same opportunity to bless our young people. In the back, in the back here, we have a black table where Tiffany Lamont is already sneaking and doing it. But we're, today, we have... I'm calling you out. Uh, today, we have uh, jars in the back, back there with pictures of each confirmand. And we have little cards there. And I would encourage you that if you have a prayer that you want to say for them, if there's a scripture that comes to mind that's been really helpful for you in this journey with Jesus, write that down for them. Put it in that jar. And my hope is that this could be something that they'll keep around for a lifetime and they'll be reminded of God's faithfulness in this community. Okay? So go do that after, at the end of the service. But that's, that's available for you. And lastly, we're going to look at the purpose. What's the purpose of the Holy Spirit? So we're told that there were Jews visiting from all other countries and there was something that grabbed their attention. It was not the sound of the wind that grabbed their attention. It was not the crazy fiery tongues above the heads of all these people that would have grabbed my attention. It was not the tongues that grabbed their attention. But I want you to hear this. It was them hearing the wonders of God and the gospel in their own language. That's what drew them in. The wonders and the gospel message in their own language is what drew them in. When we look at this scripture, the, the text in verse 4 and verse 11 uses the word tongues. They heard it in their own tongues. And that gets a little confusing. We don't use that language right now, you know, but I would like to translate it as their own language. Because I don't want to, you know, we could talk about speaking in tongues and all of that theology sometime. If you'd like to go out for coffee, I'd be happy to. But, but the speaking in tongues kind of idea that we have these days is not what was happening here. 
What was happening here was audible, translatable, physical language that was being spoken that these people had no idea that they, were spe- that they had that power within them, but it was the Holy Spirit that did it through them. Are you tracking with me? Sometimes. Okay, it was the... Whole, <laughs> I, hey, that's <laughs> good. These people were amazed. They heard the wonders of God in their own language, and they're like, I'm from, from hundreds of miles away, but you're speaking my language, and you're a Galilean Jew. How could this be? Some people were pretty skeptical, and they thought, they've been drinking too much wine this morning. And I wanted to end on a good note. I'm glad we ended on verse 15 that said Paul corrected their thinking and said, no, it's only nine in the morning. Right? I wanted to leave us with that thought. But sometimes when we get filled with the Holy Spirit, it looks a little crazy. Sometimes when God works through us, the world might not know what's going on. Now, I don't know if you've spoken to a middle schooler or a high schooler these days, but they've got the language all of their own. <laughs> right? They do. They do. And it's good. But each of us need to hear the gospel in our own language, in our own heart language, in a way that we can understand, that we can grasp. So thank you for telling us today what it's like, the gospel in your life. That is a gift. Following this event, Jesus begins to preach to all of those community around him through the power of the Holy Spirit. And the scriptures tell us that 3,000 people began to follow Jesus because of that. 3,000 is a pretty big number. It's hard to kind of grasp what that would look like. But if you were to take every student at Skyline and you were to take every student at Pine Lake Middle School, that would be 3,000. All of them coming to know Jesus at the same time. Oh, man. Beginning of the church. Beginning of God's kingdom. So confirmation students and church, I want to remind you this morning that God is at work in you. Okay? That God is at work through you and that God's at work in spite of you. Be reminded that the Holy Spirit is at work and has mighty, mighty power to do things that you are not able to do for His good and for His kingdom. Amen.